close your eyes as we go to this way maker, promise keeper, miracle worker, light in the darkness. God, God in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you, God, for this moment. We thank you, God, for what you've already done. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you, God, that you are the way maker. It looks like there's no way that can be made. That's when you step in, God. You're the promise keeper. God, you are not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent. If you said it, God, you will do it. God, you're a miracle worker. God, we thank you, God, that when the doctor says no, you say yes. God, we thank you, God, that you are light in the darkness. Now, God, in Jesus' name, I ask God that you would take me out. God, I ask that you would allow your word to come in. God, speak to me, through me, to us, for us, so that we can live better lives for you. In Jesus' name, we want to say thank you. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen, 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 amen. It's good to be here, y'all. It has been, I was telling pastor, I said, man, pastor, We've done tag team sermons, but this is my first time preaching to a crowd in two years, to y'all in two years, amen. And so, come on, come on, I appreciate you. I ain't gonna lie, I'm a little anxious this morning, amen. I think, I think confirmation for me came when because even last, last Sunday, I literally, I, I mean, you can ask Pastor. Um, I was mad at Pastor because I was like, doctor said I'm good. It's like 9 o'clock. I can get there. Still got a word. I said, don't let the devil keep from the people with the word. I believe it. He said, they'll be here next Sunday. I just wanted to preach. I ain't even going to lie. I was all in my flesh. I was. I wanted to preach that this Sunday I do believe that God has a word for all of us in our and so, I, I, if scripture, 1 Corinthians 3rd chapter, the 7th verse, uh, 1 Corinthians, those watching online, God bless you. We love y'all. We know that you may not be here physically, but you are with us in spirit. And the same God that is working here is the same God that's working right where you are. So we thank you for taking the time to stream online. 1 Corinthians, the 3rd chapter, the 7th verse, it says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives growth. I want y'all to pray with me as we use as a sermon topic on this morning, potted plants. Potted plants. There are a lot of things that many of you may know about my mom, or Reverend Dr. Nancy. Uh, she can cook something serious. Y'all may know that. Uh, she raised two sons, and one was easier to raise than the other. Y'all know that too. She has been married to her best friend, my daddy, brother Orlando Lee, for 55 years this July. She received her PhD at the young age of 70 from Howard University. 
And y'all have recently deemed her as the queen of the pocket. Amen. But what many of you may not know or probably don't know is that my mother has a green thumb. When I was a kid growing up on Jaywick Avenue, we had a full out garden in our backyard with tomatoes and cucumbers and collard greens and squash. And in the front yard of the house, we had a beautiful, these beautiful, huge rose bushes. I, I actually remember cutting a few off and taking it to a girl at elementary school. I forgot to take the thorns off, but <laughs> bless the Lord, amen. And, and even inside the house, in the living room, my mama had all these potted plants. And for the obvious reason, I gravitated towards tending to the potted plants on the inside of the house because I wasn't required to pull weeds in the hot sun. But as I've gotten also older, I also realized that there were some valuable lessons that my mother was teaching me about life in these potted plants. So if you don't mind, I just want to share and take a little bit of time and and, and, and share with you what I believe God shared with me to help us all grow in our faith and our maturity as Christians. Look at somebody, tell them, I got space to grow. I got space to grow. First thing I, I, I believe that my mama taught me is that plants do outgrow pots. I, I remember the first time I saw my mother in the process of removing a plant from a pot and I, I was confused and I asked her why. And she then brought me close and showed me the roots at the top of the soil and she said that the pot was no longer able to promote growth and it was necessary to put the plant into a bigger pot. She, she said if not, the roots would start to die and the plant would become unhealthy. The previous pot was important to the plant's initial growth but was now creating an environment that was now detrimental to the plant's ability to keep on growing. She told me that if the plant was not removed, it would not only stunt its growth, but could possibly die in the smaller pot. Sometimes, can I tell you that God, who is the master gardener, will decide to remove us from relationships and jobs and business ventures and friendships and environments because if we stay, our growth will become stagnant. And the roots of promised potential and divine destinations and victorious visions will end up dying on the vine because they are being choked out of purpose because of a pot that is too small to handle new growth. Uh, there's someone listening in the sanctuary. There's somebody streaming online right now and you are experiencing this kind of tension and mental stress. You've been questioning if there's anything better than where you are right now. You've been doubting your ability to receive greater than what you've been getting. You've been feeling like maybe you've missed the window of opportunity for increase so you find yourself settling with mediocrity and lowering your standards in an attempt to dumb down God's promise for your life 
And the only thing standing in the way of allowing God to remove you out of your current pot is your fear of the unknown and the lack of courage to believe that you really deserve to keep on growing. I wish I had I wish I had some witnesses that would help encourage somebody in this moment and be honest enough to admit that there were some stale situations that you still might be in if God had not forced his hand and gotten you out of pots that were keeping you from your full potential. Can somebody wave a hand and just encourage somebody and say with conviction, that was me. That was me who didn't think I could have a job that I love. That was me who didn't think I could find a partner that I could trust with my entire heart. That was me who didn't think I could have a business that would align with my passion. That was me who didn't think I could have friends that I didn't feel like I was in competition with. That was me who didn't think I could be in a diner that fostered peace and positivity and prosperity. And that was me who didn't think I could ever find a church that knew that everybody has a chance. I, that, that was me. <laughs> Anybody glad for the small pot God took you out of? To be in a bigger pot. Anybody glad for more space to grow? Anybody glad that even though you, you don't got it all together, you thank God that he's gotten you better than what you were. Anybody grateful for a bigger pot? Matter of fact, just look at somebody and tell them, I'm so glad he moved me out that pot. <laughs> there was nothing left for me in that pot. There was no growth coming out of that pot. There was no power coming out of that. My purpose and my assignment was over in that. Yeah, good God. I feel like preaching this morning. Look at somebody tell them, plants outgrow pots. Woo. Holy Ghost. Second thing I learned, my mama taught me about planet pots is, is she taught me that we are consecrated for the process of the move. <laughs> we are consecrated for the process of the move. As I watched my mother potting plants, something interesting caught my eye. As I, she took the plant out of the smaller pot and, and, and begin to put it into the bigger pot. Uh, there, there was this point where she was holding the plant suspended in air. <laughs> the plant's roots were dangling and it was no longer grounded by soil or surrounded by the stability of the secured pot. The plant was in midair. And it made me wonder what that must have felt like for the plant. All the plant ever knew was a pot. <laughs> Being removed from what it was used to and not totally sure where it was headed, the overwhelming thoughts of anxiety and uncertainty and loneliness and insecurity that the plant must have felt while being held in the air. Where am I going? And why 
am I no longer where I used to be. <sighs> Joshua 3, 5 says, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, this is what Pastor didn't tell us, the Lord will do amazing things among you. <laughs> As someone who has been in ministry for over 20 years, Reverend Martin, I, I can attest to the fact that many times it's when we are in the midst of being removed from one pot to a bigger pot, that that's when we begin to lose our faith or, or end up going back to the pot that God took us out of. It's when we feel like we are aimlessly dangling and our feet are no longer grounded in soil. Oh God, have mercy that our minds start playing tricks on us. <laughs> Anxiety sets in and all we can see is what we left behind. A doubt blurs our spiritual vision and, and the promised land to better days looks, looks so far away. <laughs> that's, that's why this season of consecration that Pastor has us in can seem difficult because it's connected to our ability to surrender to God in order that God can set us apart for his divine purpose and his divine work. The challenge is we want the amazing things without the process of the consecration. I want his blessings that I don't want to be consecrated. I want God's favor over my family, but I don't want to let nothing go. God, God, I, God, I want God's miracles that I'm going to stay in my mess. No, baby, if you want amazing things, <laughs> look at somebody, tell them, I'm being consecrated for this. <laughs> and the consecration process reminded me of what I actually saw when I saw my mother with that plant in her hand between two pots. The plant was between past purpose and potential promise. But it wasn't touching either one of them. <laughs> Whew, the only thing the plant had was my mama's hand that was firm enough to keep the plant secure while at the same time gentle enough not to break it. Oh, as your assistant pastor, can I talk to you from a real place? Can I talk to you from a vulnerable place? Don't y'all tell nobody what I told you. I have to admit that the pandemic was a rough time as a minister. Most of the calls we got, Reverend Felicia, were about sickness and death. We couldn't go to hospitals to visit like we used to. We couldn't do family meetings in the midst of living rooms like we used to. Most of our engagements weren't connected to celebration and victories, but just grief and despair. Nothing was there to offset the amount of depression, dejection, and desperation that was impacting our church members and our communities. And, and we had to deal with it as your ministers. It gets hard sometimes. I remember there were times I felt like my hand 
started to slip away from the very presence of God, but I'm a living witness that God's hand never slipped away from me. His hand was firm enough to keep me safe, covered, and protected, and gentle enough to ease my mind, calm my fears, and give me hope that I'd make it through the dark days. Look at somebody, tell them, I'm just in the process, but I, he's holding me. Isaiah 41 10 says don't be afraid for I am with you don't be discouraged for I am your God I will strengthen you and help you I will hold you up with my victorious right hand look at somebody tell them you in the good hand you in the right hand baby you in the, you in the right hands uh, 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 oh lord we serve the master gardener and if we can trust God to take us out of a place that no longer fosters our growth, then we ought to be able to trust that God will put us in a place uh, that will give us promise and possibility. I know you feel like you're dangling, but tell somebody, he's holding. <laughs> Sometimes we get so comfortable with the pot and we believe that the pot is what's keeping us, but it's the gardener that puts you in the pot. <laughs> uh, look at somebody, tell them God's holding me and I'm consecrated for this. Oh, I feel preach coming on, y'all. I feel it, I feel it. All right, I'm going to take your seats. You're scaring me, I swear you are. Take your seats, you're making me nervous. I told you I ain't done this in two years. And let me tell you this, I'm going to get out of here. I got I to gotta, I gotta clean this up. Uh, we got to clean up on aisle three. I got to clean this up. The last point, I hope you shouted in point one and two. Because I might need security at the point three. I, Brother Patterson, be on deck, sir. Please, be on deck. Oh, last thing I learned in that moment, watching my mama with these plants, this last thing, and that is you got to be careful what you do with your past pots. This particular time, this Reverend Doctor was putting a plant into a much bigger pot. I remember seeing the smaller the smaller plant, the smaller pot, I'm sorry, uh, was just sitting off to the side. It had some soil in it, but it was, it was just there. It, it was dirty. There was nothing growing out of it anymore. It was just there. I assumed that this pot was insignificant, unimportant, irrelevant. It was no longer needed. So I asked my mother, I said, Mama, what... What should we do with the smaller pot that remains? She, she said something that stuck with me all these years. She said, she told me, she said, oh, baby, we're going to wash it up so it can be used again. She said with neither the smaller pot still had value and purpose. Just because one plant had outgrown it didn't mean that it could not help facilitate growth for another plant. I, I believe that that is an important statement, especially in these times in a culture where we are quick to cancel 
and eliminate people, places, and things that no longer fit our agendas. I believe that as Christians that we need to be careful how easy we diminish, disengage, disregard, and disconnect to those who at some point played a part in our growth. Just because things may have ended abruptly due to possible conflict and drama does not mean that their role in our lives wasn't critical for our development. <laughs> As Christians, we need to be careful how we love to demonize others and shame those who no longer who we no longer fool with. <laughs> I'm often surprised at the amount of posts on social media by so-called God-fearing folks, not y'all, just folks I follow. <laughs> who lack spiritual maturity and have fallen into an all-about-me mentality. <laughs> Just because God removed you out of the pot doesn't mean that the pot does not have value or purpose because it isn't up to the plant, the plant to define the pot, nor is it up to us to find the past pots that God has brought us out of. Redemption and atonement cannot be found in cancel culture. Grace and mercy cannot be exercised and cancel culture. The Bible says neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God gives growth. What if God decided to cancel us for every mistake that we made? What if God decided that he did not want to forgive us for all the dirt that we've done? What if God decided to count each one of our sins against us. But instead of that God, we serve a God that forgives us and loves us. And guess what? God expects us to forgive and love others. We got to be careful what we do and what we say about past pots because those who cancel can easily be canceled. Look at somebody tell me, I got some stuff with me too. <laughs> yeah, I got some stuff. But can I go a little bit further? I'm going to close right here. Because I, I was like, God, that's good. I felt that in my own shanana. I said, that's right. He was dealing with me. But God also said, he said, I, I need you to share this last thing because I need them to be extremely careful about what they do and say about the past pots that I've remove them out of because sometimes, sometimes, whew, you sure? Okay. On deck, Brother Patterson, on deck. Sometimes, he said, they thought they were the plant. <laughs> when they were actually the pot. <laughs> Sometimes when we thought God was removing us from a pot, 
God was removing some plants out of us. <laughs> we were the cause for the lack of their growth. We were the cause that they could not elevate any higher. We were the cause for the inaptitude, the incompetence, and the inefficiency. We thought we were the plan. <laughs> God said, now you were. <sighs> I know some of us think we are, you know, all that. And what? Can I tell you that sometimes you just a bag holding the chips? But, but watch this, watch this. What's the blessing in it all is that both need each other. <laughs> Whether you the pot <laughs> or the plant, God gives the increase, but God sees value in. <laughs> there is a spiritual maturity it takes to be okay with being a used pot. Or a flourishing plant. There, there is a because you then have a level of compassion that allows you to recognize if it had not been for God's grace and God's mercy and God's love, because love covers a multitude of our foolishness. I thank God I've been a plant and I can admit I know I got any pots in the house. It was you. Because sometimes we were actually the crutch to what we thought was helping when it was hurting. And you got upset and thought when they left, it was because they had no sense. No, it was because God had more sense than you. You would have kept them there as long as you could. But God said, I've got to release them so I can put something else inside. I'm done. That's it. I'm sorry. I'm done. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't it funny how the plant looks better when it's surrounded by a good pot? Ain't it amazing how the pot looks better when it's holding a, a pretty plant? look at somebody tell them I don't care what I am I just hope God is with me wherever I am 
and I hope I got enough spiritual maturity to know the difference between the two. And I've got enough love and forgiveness because see, whatever glasses you wear, make sure that prescription is far-sighted and near-sighted. Far enough so that you can see those that are far but close enough so you can see yourself. I get tired sometimes at the amount at which we become as Christians. I ain't even talking about, I'm talking about as Christians. So hypocritical. So mean-spirited. So ready to disconnect. I'm not saying you shouldn't leave what's toxic. Don't get it twisted. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying even when you leave it, you can pray for it when you leave. Now this is, I'm, I'm, I'm done, but I want to share it. And, and I'm standing all over the church. Let's get, get y'all out of here. Now, I spoke to those who I said that sometimes you think you all that in a bag of chips. And I said that sometimes you're just the bag. The challenge becomes when you think you're always just the bag. Always used. And then thrown away. And I came to speak to somebody who came in feeling like you always depart. And the problem is, is that when you see yourself is always being used, you create walls so that nobody can use you anymore. So even when God wants to do something more for you, your wall says no. I've been here before and I won't let myself go through what I went through and God is saying listen your value is not in how you see yourself your value is in how God sees you plant pot both have purpose both have assignments both have greater to do because it's always connected to the gardener. The gardener knows well enough what needs to be moved, what needs to stay, what needs to be washed out, what needs to be used, what needs to... He, he knows how to hold us when we're dangling. He knows how to comfort us when we feel like there's no one there. He knows how to make sure that we can still have peace in the midst of tears and heartache. And even when we go through storms, he knows how to ground us in a way that when the winds come, we may sway back and forth, but we still hold firm. God knows. God defines who you are, not you. You are valuable. You are loved. 
you are God's treasure. And all God wants to do is use you for his glory. And when we learn that simple principle that God wants to use me, then the definitions of plant, plant and pot no longer matter. Because you're no longer concerned about which role you play. You just thank God you play a role. God wants to use me. Every eye closed, every head down. Every eye closed, every head down. Somebody came in this morning. You're not saved. You've never given your life to Christ. Someone online, you're not saved. You've never prayed the prayer of salvation and in this moment you know God is speaking to you. God has purpose for you. He has an assignment just for you. And if that's you this morning, every eye closed, every head down, I just want you just to raise your hand and if you're online just, just put a hand up even online and say it's me. Just raise your hand so I can see it. Say, I need to give my life to Christ. Huh? I need to join it. Join us, the fellowship of faith. I see your hand. I see your hand, my brothers. I see it. I see it. There's somebody else.